and I'm Alexa. Hey girl, hey. What up girl? Ready for another fun episode? I am. I'm always ready. Is your eyeball okay? It's a little itchy right now. I don't know what just happened. Yeah, that was pretty sudden. Sorry. I feel like we were non-itchy and then all of a sudden it was itchy. Oh my god, you just up and down your eyeball. <laughs> I This should not surprise you since you a lot anything. of things freak me out. Oh my god. Eye drops, I have to put it on my face and let it roll into my eye. I cannot have an eye drop go directly into my eye. How is that even effective? Eye. It's not. Doesn't it pick up like correct the oils and dirts and don't want to think about that it are on your face as it goes into probably your eye? probably but there's literally if i had to wear contacts i would just be blind for the rest of my life why don't you just roll your eyes back and let your wife put the drop in roll your eyes back like, what look, are we the exorcist like, okay whatever i don't know just like look up up yeah high. but she's tried to do that and i just and i just, just keep my eyes, eyes closed. closed yeah like a little yeah. kid i can't do it yeah it freaks me out so right my now my cousin we, did that when i taught him how to wear contacts oh what he looked up he like I was trying to help him out like learn how to put the contacts in right, and he yeah. kept like blinking and he, as he would get close to his eyeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think before you put in contacts, you're not close to touching. You're not used to touching your eyeball, right? No, who and would? And so he just like kept blinking, and then it would fall, and yep. like, the whole thing didn't That's work. Me. And eventually, I was like, "You just gotta look up and pop that bad boy in, and you're good to go." If you look up, doesn't the contact stay on the white part of your eyeball? It slides. It just knows to slide up. Well, once your eyes refocus, like it moves up. Okay, look at me. It's not under see? your eyelid. And then, it, and then it just follows. Okay. You see what I'm thinking? We're going to move on. That wasn't even our intro, people. That's not even the bulletin. You're welcome to non-patrons if you missed uh, our banter in yeah. the beginning. Uh, bulletin board. Yeah. That's. I feel like, well, I'll take it real quick. You can do it this time. Uh, people, Patreon, go check it out. We have different tiers. As low as $3 a month. $3 a month, people. Go check it out. But the $10 a month really gets you a lot. So you should check that out too. We've got uncut episodes. So personal intros. If you miss hearing about what's going on in our lives, go there. We've got extra segments too. Very mm-hmm. exciting. More ways to just get to know us and hear our funny banter mm-hmm. because we're adorable. We also have community hub stuff. So behind the scenes footage, pictures, polls, personalized Q&As. Just a lot. A lot more personalized. And then... For our besties, we have mini-sodes, fun legal stuff that has happened within the last week or so that we just want to talk about. Just more opportunities for Nicole and I to to talk to talk and, and laugh. Yep. And we want to talk and laugh with you. Mm-hmm. So join us there. Speaking of new patrons, shout out to Jaylene R. Jaylene? It's got to be Jaylene. It has to be Jaylene. It's got to be Jaylene. Jaylene. I'm sorry if it is Jaylene. Um, and I'm mispronouncing it, but I'm going to go with Jaylene. Okay, then. Um, reminder, people, we will be off next week. Just remember, we take the first week of each month off just to give us a little breaky break. Because we're lazy. Because we have nothing else to do <laughs> and we don't want anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and But we, you know, go sign up for our Patreon. We have a bunch of stuff there to keep you entertained until we come back. All right, get ready, patrons. We have a fun one for you. And if you're not a patron, go sign up so you can hear what we're about to talk about. This is a crazy topic. I love it. I mean, who would have thought that you'd have Katy Perry fighting with a congregation of nuns? The Catholics. Well, I'm surprising that she fights with the Catholics, but with the nuns. But she's siding with the Catholics and also fighting with the Catholics. Fair right mm. she's she's teaming up with the the men Which actually aligns with her life story the male so catholic this is surprising to me yeah i didn't know this I, I learned a lot this episode uh all right i think with that we just we just need to dive in here because there's there's a lot Let's happening get into it this is a this is just fact driven do you want to do you want to open us up sure Okay, so Katy Perry, born Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, I almost said husband, clearly my husband's still my mind. Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, a.k.a. Katy Perry, was born to two Pentecostal pastors, Hmm. Mary and Maurice. Apparently, her parents turned to religion after a very, like, wild youth, you know, living living their lives on the wild side. I don't really know. There's actually not too many details about what that wild youth looked like and or meant. Pentecostals have money? Do they? I don't know. I don't think that's right. No, um, not rich. It's not like un- uh, that one. It's not like you're HBO thinking show. Of like the Southern Baptist. You're thinking of like Joel Austin and Co. Yeah, yeah. from Texas. No, that's not Pentecostal. Those are Baptists. That's Baptist. Mm. Um, okay, so either way, so mm-hmm. basically throughout her childhood, Katie moves across the country, setting up churches before her and her parents and siblings ultimately settle in Santa Barbara, California. 
not too far away from us. Mm-hmm. So unsurprisingly, because of this, she ends up going to religious schools and camps along the way, um, you know, to get more God soaked into her. You can never have enough God. Never enough Jesus. <laughs> and her family often financially struggled along the way. And so they would use like f- food stamps and eat at their church's food bank basically to like get by. Mm-hmm. So a couple of fun facts here. So Katie and her siblings actually were not allowed to eat Lucky Charm cereal because her mom said that the word luck reminded her of Lucifer a.k.a. the devil, for anybody who doesn't know. Thank and you. they had to call deviled eggs angeled eggs. Okay, that is so different, That feels though. really dramatic. That is so different. <laughs> angeled eggs? That has, like, a whole different connotation. I don't really... But, but in fairness, why do they call them deviled? That's a good point. Maybe because the paprika, it's red like fire. So then I... W- I don't know. I see Katie's mom's point then. (laughs) (laughs) No paprika in the house. devil is like unrelated to the devil, I understand Maybe too much seasoning is like the devil. Too much seasoning is the devil. Okay, maybe for some, yeah. So, no, none of these fun facts that I just said are important to how Katie got famous, but very ironic and therefore very necessary to mention given the theme of today's episode. We love irony. We love it. And I love deviled eggs. Now I want some. Deviled eggs are quite tasty. Yeah. They have to be made right, though, you know, with like you seasoning. have to whip them properly. Do you know how to make them? No, I've actually. Never, no, I've never made them. I usually just go to we people's houses them. and they have them available yeah, you for go. me. <laughs> I'm here. Where are my deviled <laughs> eggs? <laughs> You're annoying. OK, so listen, Katie didn't really have some like iconic breakthrough moment like some of the other stars we've talked about. You know, growing up, she mainly listened to gospel music and secular music was discouraged, but you know, kind of discovered pop music through CDs that she'd sneak from her friends. R.I.P. CDs. I still call albums CDs sometimes. Do you? It really bothers my husband and some of my friends, but I just feel like I grew up in a CD But age. that's our generation. Like, like, I still remember. Everything was a CD. <laughs> do you remember going into the record store yeah. um, and then seeing the CDs and they were in that large, like, long the, the cardboard box? Oh. Yeah, and wrapped in plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think it was, I don't know why they had such a long packaging for it because they were worried we were to gonna prop steal it up them like yeah. a bunch of fucking burn, degenerate cd burn i remember when i learned how to burn cds i was like i'm so fucking cool okay, okay. i really I'm thought gonna that. Move on. so wanting to follow in her older sister's foot sister's footsteps sister's. who took vocal lessons on cut gems um <laughs> wanting to follow <laughs> joms <laughs> shout out to you hey you mentioned kanye right we can't mention kanye without julia, without julia She's like, you know, I was the inspiration for I was Uncut Josh, Jams. No, I was Josh Safdie's muse for Uncut Jams. Jams. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyways. Yeah, we sound like we're high. That's what she said the reasoning was for sounding like a weirdo. Katie was trying to follow in her older sister's, sister's oh footsteps. Oh my God, Julia, get it together. Her older sister's footsteps who took vocal lessons and sang at their church. So Katie basically like started doing the same thing as a kid. You know, you look she up to your older siblings. And, what was the like? So I wore, what is it? What is it? Flip-flops Katie and car- Herring. Katie Herring wore flip-flops and cargo pants. Okay. I'm moving on. This is literally spinning out of control. <laughs> Sorry you're having fun recording. So eventually Katie is scouted by a Nashville-based musician, a couple of them actually, and moves to Tennessee to improve and, you know, build upon her writing and music skills. And so she starts to record demos and write songs under the name Katie Hudson. And released a Christian record under that name, which sadly didn't really do that well. She mm. only sold like 200 copies before the record label folded. Um, Ouch. So not great. Mm-hmm. But she keeps at it and moves to L.A. when she's 17 years old to work with some producers who basically work with other stars like Alanis Morissette, who okay. Katie also admired. Um, and she ultimately end up, ends up changing her name to Katy Perry, Perry being her mother's maiden name. And fun fact, she did not keep Hudson um and even briefly kind of tried out Catherine Perry because she didn't want any confusion with Kate Hudson I was thinking that too Katie Hudson Kate Hudson it's close I mean yeah very different industries and different looking and yeah there are a lot of differences but I understand that when you're up and coming I could see the need to try to differentiate yourself as much as possible also Katie Perry just has a nice ring to it it does it's nice so good job Kate yeah if you're listening to us Uh, She ultimately gets signed to a few record labels, Java, Columbia, and then finally settles at uh, Capitol Records and continues to work with successful songwriters and producers. She really breaks through, though, after she works with Dr. Luke um, to co-write I Kissed a Girl and Hot and Cold. And note, I Kissed a Girl caused quite a stir among religious groups. 
unsurprisingly, but also LGBT groups. You know, on the one hand, the religious groups criticize the homosexual theme, <gasps> gasp, a lifestyle. Um, and then the LGBT groups, or at least some of them, accused her of using by curiosity to sell records. You know, it's worth noting, I will say, as the resident queer person at of Legally Judgy, um, that she did say in certain, like, several uh, interviews that she wrote the song actually based on her own experiences with women. Mm. You know, she has said that she is bisexual. So for what it's worth, people, I don't know, shrug. Um, but fun fact, in response to reports that her parents opposed her music and career, Katie told MTV at the time that they had no problem with her success. Which is a funny LOL moment for me if they're so religious. Well, what um, are you going to say as parents? Like, we hate her. Yeah, we hate no her. No comment. We're not happy for her. We yeah. hope she goes to hell. Like, Well, you know, uh, I, I guess know. on the one hand, I hope that they really did accept her because some families do say that, um, that Fair. they really accept her. Okay, fine. fine or the fine. money, they're like, hey, you know what? We'll say what we need to say because we're enjoying the success here. You know, who knows? But anyways, um, after these songs, I mean, she really just her career just catapults from there right she continues mm-hmm. to release popular singles she goes on a few massive tours she also finds her shmoneys um in other places get she- that bad girl mm-hmm, mm-hmm. material girl <laughs> i'm just all over I tiktok love, yeah. right now <laughs> i don't know what's happening you and producer marge really leave me out because i'm not on tiktok but you you go for it glenn coco so she was a guest judge on american idol a guest judge on x factor she appeared on certain scripted shows too and like uh, scripted um, oh my gosh I can't speak she also guested on certain scripted Do you shows work in entertainment not very well um, <laughs> apparently like how I met your mother RIP I remember that show she's done the Super Bowl halftime show um, which was the most viewed halftime show of all time um nicole you're shaking your head i, I just, guess you weren't I too impressed do not understand beyonce giselle knowles carter did a halftime show so <laughs> what are you even saying to me you're not a Katy perry fan I, she's fine i i don't i actually don't dislike her i just don't really neutral I, she's fine you know she's what i mean just there like just floating fe- it feels very like the, her music feels very juvenile to me mm, pop it, yes it's very like but basic pop in a way it's I, not even shit that i want to hear on the radio so i don't really know when the appropriate time is for one to listen to Katy Perry. Um, what, what is the appropriate hour before I take my baths? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, but her halftime show actually had more views than the Super Bowl itself, like mm. the actual game, which is impressive. It is. She was also a voice in the Smurfs 1 and 2, and she performed at Biden's inauguration and, you know, of course, has done a bunch of other things. And I actually have a fun fact for you, my friend, because yes. it was a couple episodes ago that we were trying to name the names of the fans of certain artists so i learned in my little researches that Katy perry fans refer to themselves as Katy cats mm-hmm. so add that to your repertoire producer marge don't fight it it's probably they're, not gonna stick they're katie cats they're Katy cats i'm okay all right um go on well so you know she's had an impressive career not super exciting at least to me like i i just think that she 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 just like rose you know what i mean slowly like she was one of those people who like worked her way from the ground up and now mm. she's is, is where she is she yeah. didn't have this like moment where like it all kind of turned some of her music yeah like roar i did not like that song i actually don't roar i don't remember that one because they're gonna hear me roar i can't oh, wow. sing you're very locked down gay well, now you That's guys know what Alexa sounds like when she's <laughs> producer. Much. She's gonna die. She's literally falling out of her chair. Okay, I purposefully made my voice sound worse than it actually is. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so okay. anyways, I mean, listen. Obviously, Katie is one of the highest paid women in music. She's also one of the highest paid female celebrities. So like, she's crushing it. Like, I don't care what her rise to fame was. She, Sis has the bag. Correct. She reportedly made around five hundred thirty million dollars throughout the 2010s. Ooh. I just want to say that again. Five hundred thirty million. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this is for you feeling like it's mediocre pop. Me too, though. And I'm like, shit. We need to get into mediocre pop. And by that, I mean you, because clearly <laughs> I can't sing. Based on your roar rendition, I don't know Girl, if that's the vibe. I got you on the producer. I'll get the I'll get the basic beats going okay. for you. Okay. I have to say though, I think personally, her biggest success was marrying Legolas because that was probably my first crush. You don't know who I'm is talking about. Is that Orlando Bloom? Was that his name in, in some movie? In what movie? Lord of the Rings. Oh my God! Good job, girl. I wasn't. He's not Frodo. Oh my God! <laughs> Who's Frodo then? Are you kidding me? Frodo is supposed to be the scrunchy little thing with big feet and hairy feet. Ew! You think that I had a crush on him? <laughs> First of all, 
And I know I turned into I such a, a valley crush girl, on the character. So... I mean, a crush on the person. You think though that I would have a crush on Orlando Bloom if he looked like that, like a like a Hobbit? I don't know. Do you even know what a Hobbit is? It's a short person with fur. <laughs> they live in like the hills too, right? <laughs> have you ever watched Lord of the Rings? Oh, I've tried a couple of times. The husband, it's not. I've just fallen asleep every time. Oh my god, it's the best movie. Okay, Legolas oh. is an elf. And he had beautiful no, blonde that's hair. Than a hobbit? He had beautiful, and he can walk on snow because he's lightweight. Oh, I remember he had the ponytail, right? Gorgeous. <laughs> the <laughs> ponytail. Some, it was half up, half, half down. <laughs> okay. I remember distinctly being in the that theater. Makes it better for you? Obviously knowing that I was a full-on lesbian since like kindergarten. And I saw that man and I was like, maybe I could be straight. <laughs> that man is hands down gorgeous. Him or Jason Momoa for you? Oh, no. Different types. Because <laughs> one's my rugged man. And the other one is my beautiful princess. Oh, my God. Go on. Okay. Don't make me choose. <laughs> okay. Well, as we always like to say, you cannot have success without many, many lawsuits along the way. So today we are here to talk about Katie's years long legal battle with a sweet group of nuns, also known as the Sisters of the Most Holy and Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. There is no worse enemy. There can't be. There can't be. If, if I'm choosing a villain... I'm going, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to want to mess with a group of nuns. No. All right. No, no. I think that's a kind of a long title. Maybe we should just go with the sisters. That works. If you're cool with that. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. We're going to lovingly refer to them as the sisters. The sisters. A group of about 52 nuns who in 1972 purchased a massive Los Angeles property, essentially a convent to live in. They basically pooled all of their money from teaching to buy the property. And this is, I mean... French style chateau. It was approximately $600,000. I think it was reduced because they're nuns. So reportedly they raised the cash, like we said, teaching, but also some investments, private donations and income that they were able to generate from letting production companies film at the convent, right? So enter into contracts over time, pay it off that way. Fun fact, they'd actually continue to rent it out. Like I said, over time for specifically 90210, the reboot, and my name is Earl. So just keep that in mind, y'all. Um, the seller was this businessman who wanted to honor his late wife. And so he even helped the sisters pay for it by allowing them to pay in installments for six years. So great bargain for them. The property, though, eight acres, more than 30,000 feet of living space. Insane. Included an adjoining house of prayer, a.k.a. a facility that was used by priests, which is actually still in use today. Mm-hmm. A pool and a tower. What do you even do with a tower? I lurk. I would just lurk Fair. over the city. With like binoculars? Yeah, girl. I'm, I'm nosy AF. Mm. I'm, I'm watching everything. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So after the sisters move in, they actually allow the Archdiocese of Los Angeles to open the house of prayer that I just mentioned. And so for any non-Catholics, you know, I was raised Catholic here, so not that I'm uh, the end-all be-all, but the way to think about the archdiocese and the archbishop who leads the archdiocese is this, essentially. The Catholic Church is huge, right? So they're, just think of them as like a, di- a giant government structure um, that they put in place to try to help regulate the entire world, just keep everything organized. So they have leaders in different areas that will report into the Pope slash Vatican. LA is actually one of the biggest, I, I think it might be the, like, the biggest, not just one of the biggest archdiocese in the world, aka like a Catholic district. Bigger than New York? One of. Okay. Like, okay. there's a lot of people in LA. <clears throat> I don't know. Fair. It's If it's not the biggest, it's like it's one. Okay. up there. Gotcha. Um, and the archbishop is the leader, like I said. So think of him as like the mayor or president. Mm-hmm. And I say him because it's always a him. Duh. Mm-hmm. Women's rights. <sighs> Hashtag. Which is kind of what we're talking about today, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. So the nuns allowed in quotes, the archdiocese to essentially, I'm going to say, what's a polite way to encroach or stay? Is encroach a a polite polite word? Okay, stay, stay um, at their, you know, beautiful chateau. So the sisters allowed the archdiocese to open up the house of prayer. And by allowed, I mean that because the sisters actually reported they're uh, let me say a pontifical order that means they report directly into the pope and not the archdiocese and so again basically they didn't have to let the archdiocese in but chose to exactly mm-hmm. right if you think of like the hierarchy of command like states versus like state government versus national mm-hmm, government right mm-hmm. they were they report in directly into like the president let's yep, say yep um 
So anyways, according to the sisters, they originally gave him a single room and then, and him being this priest, and then he continued to request for more space for, in quotes, spiritual direction with other priests. And it eventually led to him getting his own building, which would become the house of prayer on the property. This is sad, really sad, actually, because the sisters used to use that space as a guest house for visiting sisters and to host summer retreats for other sisters, which to me just sounds like a man taken and taken and taken. Yeah, I agree. Well, so in 1992, there were only about 35 of the sisters left, and they had a median age of about about 69. So the future of how to pay for the estate kind of lurked. And, you know, this is where, according to the archdiocese, they were concerned about the financial state of the sisters. And so they basically wrote to the Vatican with a proposal. And reportedly, the proposal went something like this. The archdiocese and the archbishop would look over the sisters financially, and in exchange, the convent would not be sold or transferred without the archbishop's office's office's written permission, a.k.a. the archdiocese would be given the right to, like, the property once all the sisters had died. Okay. And reportedly, any disagreements under the terms of that agreement would have to be resolved by the Vatican itself, so... Straight to Rome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so one of the sisters actually later refuted this and claimed that it was really just a power grab for the property and that the archdiocese never actually contributed any money to the sisters to financially support them. Right. And also we have to note here that the archbishop, Roger Mahoney, who would later be at the center of the Los Angeles area church sex abuse scandal, reportedly began quietly sheltering some of the priests accused of molestation on the sisters' grounds. Right. So, right. Not great. Not not great at all. For a number of reasons. Actually, extremely terrible. Disgusting, even, I'm going to say. Horrible. Yep. And the sisters weren't happy about that, right? Sure. They really had no choice. They bought this property, this massive property, with Mm -hmm. their very, very hard-earned money Mm -hmm. and found a way to, like, shelter themselves and try to give back um, by allowing the community to use the property. And then, ultimately, like, it's, you know... Taken over. The archdiocese kind of, like, does a land grab. Right. And takes over power. And then even worse, uses it for something that I'm sure is an exact opposition to what the nuns stood for. I think so. I think that's right. So in 2011, the archdiocese allegedly forced the sisters to leave the convent against their will, which, like Nicole said, is against anything that purportedly was said in this agreement. They were supposed to take care of them until their deaths. So they said that the convent was just too costly for them to maintain and it no longer accommodated their physical needs. So they actually started looking up buyers for the property, believing that they had the right to sell it. But the sisters, of course, disagreed and believed that the Arch couldn't sell the property without their permission since under their deal, the property would only revert to the Arch, Archdiocese, once they all died. And at this point, there were actually only about five sisters living, unfortunately. Um, you know, the nuns had reiterated again that for the 20 years prior, the archdiocese had actually been treating them pretty terribly, mm-hmm. neglecting them and just making a bunch of broken promises. And so it sounds like they had actually, and by they, I mean the archdiocese had been trying to sell the property for years against the will of the nuns, but somehow it came to a head here. And again, I have to note that one of the sisters later commented that she believed part of the reason the archdiocese wanted to sell at this point was to help pay off the $660 million plus settlement that they had reached with more than 500 victims of the, essentially the sex abuse scandal. That's the cases. That's horrible. Yeah. So that may have been what got the archdiocese to get moving on selling the property. We don't know that, but this is according to one of the nuns who is still living. So despite the sisters' objections, the archdiocese says that the property was entrusted to them by decree in 2005. So based on a court filing made by the archdiocese that we came across, they contend that the nuns don't have a right to sell the property because their ownership of the property actually runs through an institute that is essentially controlled by the archdiocese. The nuns, of course, contest this and they say, no, that's not true. You archdiocese illegally took control of the institute. That's our institute. That's Mm -hmm. our money. Mm -hmm. Right. And in any event, the sisters, unfortunately, sadly, they do leave. We have no idea where they moved to. Mm -hmm. Presumably they have other benefactors, but they were essentially kicked out. Well, so in comes Katy Perry. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's she, who we were first she's, talking she's about. She's on a horse, right? In one of her songs. Dark, dark horse. horse. Yes. So oh, dark Katie. deviled eggs with her deviled eggs yeah, on the dark everything's horse. Everything's dark with her. Yep. So in comes Katy Perry on her dark horse. In 2014, Katy offered $14.5 million to buy the estate. 
And so that that was kind of broken down into 10 million in cash and 4.5 million to basically purchase an alternative retreat house to replace the priest facility that was on the property, like that house of prayer, essentially. And so Katie would kind of let the priest live there for two years under her, at least, you know, deal. She Mm -hmm. would let them live there for two years until the new facility was like ready and found, which she had reportedly identified to begin with. Mm hmm we'll get back to that it kind of later falls apart but basically she's gonna let them stay until the new house of prayer is ready elsewhere right and so the new archbishop of la jose h gomez supports this purchase but shockingly the nuns did not shocking very shocking right Mm -hmm. so some reports say that under the deal the priest's new spot would be owned by the nuns but clearly the nuns don't feel very confident about that right which we'll get back to And so reportedly, Katie had been eyeing this estate since about 2013 and wanted to move in with her mother and grandmother. You guys have to go look at pics. Mm -hmm. We will post the link in the show notes. It Mm -hmm. is huge. It's beautiful, but it's kind of a creepy place. It's so creepy. To live. It's gothic. Like, it it just feels like it should stay kind of like as a church. Stigmata. Or maybe as like a museum, you know? In the day. I would not want to stay over at night. It's very creepy. It just feels like something, like, I don't know, spirits live there. I'll say that. I would not live there. Yeah. So anyways, that same year in 2014, the Archdiocese accepts Katie's offers, offer, but two of the five remaining sisters, specifically Sister Catherine Rose Holtzman and Sister Rita Callanan, refused to sell. The other three were reportedly on board with the sale, but like we don't really have any evidence that that's true. Mm-hmm. And so allegedly, Sister Catherine Rose felt particularly strong about this because she saw a video of Katie joking about selling her soul to the devil in exchange for success. Um, So she believed (laughs) that Katie represented everything that they were against and that selling to her would be a sin. Yep. Yep. That's understandable. I I mean, if you're talking about selling your soul to the devil, like fine, maybe not great. Yeah. Could be be a joke, but who knows? Could be. Could could be true. But then on the other hand, Sister Rita allegedly wasn't impressed with Katie's Super Bowl halftime show that (laughs) apparently took the country over and her music generally. (laughs) Yeah. And so she was against the sale altogether. I respect that more, to be honest, right? You're just like, you have poor musical qualities. (laughs) Fine. Sell your soul. Don't care. But your music sucks. I'm not selling it to you. That feels right for you. I'm a petty ass bitch. Yeah, you are. We all know that. So May 2015, the two women um, actually meet with Katie at the request of the archbishop. I think this archbishop was like, y'all, please just figure this out, please. So I just let me set the stage. Apparently, Katie comes to the convent to meet up with these sisters. She uh, apparently dressed very modestly. You know, I don't know if she was wearing like a turtleneck in July. I was with a high collared shirt. Yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> right. But she reportedly sang Oh Happy Day and showed them a tattoo of the word Jesus that she had on her wrist. So, des- so desperate. So, yeah. so desperate. Yeah. Also, like my favorite rendition of Oh Happy Day will always be Lauren Hill in Sister Act 2. I was so going to say Sister Act. If it's not Sister Lauren Act. Hill, I actually have no interest in hearing Oh Happy Day. Yeah, I think Katie's lacking a little melanin for that level <laughs> of soul. But yeah. Probably not going to come through with that. She, Fine. she sold it to the devil. There's no soul left. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So unfortunately for Katie, she wasn't too convincing because after all this, the nuns still thinking that they owned the convent sold the convent, the property, to a woman named Dana Hollister. She's a restaurateur and a developer in the L.A. area. Dana offered them $15.5 million and $100,000 in cash up front with the rest of the 15.5, so I guess 15.4, to be paid via promise. <laughs> you're, you're welcome for that great math. Thank you yeah. for okay. expounding upon that. Well, you know. You're welcome. I'm impressive sometimes. A promissory note, a.k.a. payment at a later date to be agreed upon by the parties. Some reports claim that actually Dana didn't have to pay them back or like make any further payments until three years later. So not a fantastic deal, right? Because Katie's deal was what? 10 million in cash. 10 million in cash up front. Up front. But for a total of 14.5, right? Because the other 4.5 was going to go towards buying the new house of prayer. Right. And then this deal. $10 million in cash up front. Versus a hundred thousand dollars in cash up front. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not so great. I'm gonna not apples to apples. I'm gonna insert my little opinion there. Not fantastic. Um and note here, the sisters actually never met Dana before then, but they had accepted the offer and immediately turned over the deed, which caused somewhat of a stir, as you could imagine, later on. Reportedly the nuns liked that her use would be to keep it 
the property open to the public and because they felt like they'd actually receive the proceeds as opposed to the archdiocese, right? So I will say part of the reason why they may have thought this was an opportunity for them was they maybe felt like Katie's 10 million cash they would never see anyway. So what do we care what you're going to pay, right? At Mm -hmm. least this lady is giving us $100,000 directly to us right now. I will say too, I saw some reports say that not all of the five nuns were in agreement here with selling it to Dana. Um, one, a per, um, one of the nuns allegedly said that her signature was forged. So who knows mm-hmm. is the moral of that story. Mm-hmm. But Dana ends up moving in shortly after that and turn, planned to turn the property into a boutique hotel, which is something that she has tried to do in the area I read several times over. But just worth noting here that specifically this place is in the Los Feliz neighborhood of L.A. It's residential. So if she did want to turn this into a hotel, she'd have to go to L.A. County and get it rezoned. And by this point, many of the residents were protesting because it's a quiet neighborhood. Who wants a hotel in this area? And Dana had been trying to do this in different neighborhoods for the last few years. And every single time ran up against this type of opposition from neighbors who wanted to keep it a quiet, nice residential neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Dana moves in pretty quickly because reportedly she was worried about the nuns um, never seeing the money from Katy Perry and she just wanted to get in ahead of the the Katy Perry archdiocese um, deal, Um, especially because allegedly, right, that whole deal was brokered without their involvement. Yeah. Because we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. The archdiocese says we we got their best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. Look at this cash offer from Katy Perry. Versus you have these nuns saying, I'm, we're not going to see any of this cash. Yeah. Let's go with Dana's offer, $100,000 right now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, so unsurprisingly, um, in the spring of 2015, the Archdiocese and Katy Perry end up suing Dana Hollister. And so they argue that the sisters were taken advantage of, and Katie said that Dana interfered with Katie's purchase. And they also claim that Dana knew that they, being the sisters, were in fragile financial condition and that the transaction should be declared void as a product of elder abuse since she only paid $100,000 up front and the remainder would be paid at a later date and was secured by the note that Alexa mentioned before. And note, some some reports actually say that Dana did not even pay the whole $100,000 and may have only paid $44,000 up front. So, Bad. again, even worse than yep. Katie's offer, even though we don't know if Katie's money was actually going to go to the nuns. And so Katy Perry's team went so far as to say that Dana took advantage of vulnerable elderly nuns who she malevolently convinced to oppose the Roman Catholic Church. Wow. That feels really strong. Wow. We're yeah. getting into it here. Getting, getting real deep. In the Lord of the, thy name, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the Archdiocese argues that they have a lease on the property's building for 77 more years and that terminating the lease can't happen without their approval. And so basically their reading is if Dana comes in and buys the property, that the nuns are there by terminating the lease and that's against whatever agreement that they allegedly have between the parties. Mm-hmm. And they also claim that Dana admitted that she knew that written consent or written approval mm-hmm. of the Archdiocese of L.A. was required, but that she did obviously didn't get it right. Right. The nuns backtrack a bit and say that there was no moral objection to the sale to Katie, but that they had other reasoning basically behind standing, you know, against it. Mm-hmm. And so in July of that same year, a judge inv- invalidates the purchase, but said that Dana can continue to live there as long as she paid the sisters $25,000 a month True. in rent while the lawsuits were pending. A little pricey. And also ordered Dana to remove the armed guards from the property, who she basically hired to protect the estate from Katie and the archdiocese. She has to save that money and give it to the nuns. Yes. I mean, yeah, that <laughs> armed guards are not cheap. <laughs> And so this is all basically supposed to happen while they figure out if she can even keep possession of the property. And so the the court also says that the church law and not civil law governs the sale of the convent. And after all this kind of wraps up, Dana says, in quotes, it is interesting that Katie has all this girl power and she's running over a woman and five nuns. We are going to Rome. We are not quitting now. We are just getting warmed up. Love it. End quote. All right. Fiery. All right. Why not? So April 2016, the L.A. Superior Court judge ends up ruling in favor of the archdiocese and, of course, then against the nuns and Dana. The court agrees with the archdiocese that church law, not civil law, governs this transaction. And according to church law, any sale of church property that exceeds seven and a half million 
in an archdiocese, so area, right, with more than 500,000 people requires final approval from the Vatican. And the archdiocese of LA definitely has more than 500,000 people. So the court rules that the sisters didn't have the authority to sell the property to Dana because the Vatican didn't consent to the sale. So therefore, the sale to Dana was invalid. It's interesting to me that the nuns need to get approval to sell the convent, but the archdiocese claims they don't own it at all. So, like, how do those right. two things align? Like, right. why do you need approval if you don't own a thing? Right. Is this like a lawyer lawyering, you think? Like, if this argument doesn't work, we're still going to go with that one, right? We say Maybe. you don't own it, but in, but in the you event do you do, it, yeah, it's such a approval. lawyerly thing yeah, that we it. make no you're sense, right? right? right we thing. have to, like, cover off on everything. Maybe yeah. that's it. No, you're right. But I see your point, right? Like, it almost feels like morality. This is what we talk about a lot Mm -hmm. there's the legality and there's the morality Mm -hmm. is do you guys actually know that you probably i don't know faked documents or you know that they own it but now you're just trying to get them on a technicality Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. um you're you're not wrong so the judge ends up extinguishing the deed that the nuns had given to dana he also rules that the actual trans like property transfer documents weren't proper because they failed to consummate the transaction we couldn't definitively find out why not, but your girls and I used to practice real estate. My guess is maybe it could be as simple as they didn't get something notarized. I don't know. It could be a signature, right? Things can be pretty technical They're very when technical it comes to property. Estate, yeah. So maybe it was something like that. Mm-hmm. So he also rules that the right to sell the property is with the archdiocese and not the nuns. And this is pretty but. Bleh. This is pretty big. I'm speaking like Julia Fox. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. So note, we couldn't locate this court document to say for certain, but presumably the judge ruled this way because the agreement between the archdiocese and the nuns gave the archdiocese the right to sell the property, right? That's mm-hmm. the only thing that we can possibly take away. We want to yeah. believe that the judge saw something that definitively gave the archdiocese some right over the property. Yeah. So basically, they conclude that Katie can proceed with the purchase pending the Vatican's final approval, as we mentioned above. So in September 2017, the Vatican was apparently not a huge fan. Um, They would not approve Katie's purchase until she found a replacement for the house in prayer, which is maybe not surprising, right? Because like that was the way that her whole offer was originally structured. And so Mm -hmm. she had to have some foresight into the fact that like, this was going to be a requirement to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so basically they wanted her to find a new a new place for the local clergy to pray since it was still being used. Mm-hmm. And so she never actually ended up finding the replacement. Allegedly, she had one deal with a chateau in Eagle Rock, Los Angeles that fell apart. But like nothing else really came to fruition. So interesting. I guess it just didn't work out. Tough. So on November 17th, November 2017, a jury ruled that Dana had intentionally interfered with Katie's legal purchase of the convent. And so there's this legal claim slash concept concept. I like that Mm -hmm. word. Okay, yes. And it's tortious interference, also intentional interference with a contractual relation. And so this is when one person intentionally damages someone else's contractual or business relationship with a third party that causes economic harm. And so this basically requires the damaging person to be aware of that contract, like of that contractual or business relationship. Right. And it also requires a breach caused by the defendant's wrongful conduct. Mm -hmm. And so basically Katie is saying that Dana deliberately tried to ruin the sale to Katie by purchasing the property before Katie's sale could go through. Right. And the court found that Dana was guilty of acting with malice, oppression, or fraud. And basically the trial would go into a next phase to determine if either group, being Katie or the archdiocese, should be awarded punitive damages. And as we've talked about many times before, punitive damages are just damages that are basically like a punishment for the behavior that you... Right were a part of you did something so terrible that's that, that we have malice to punish you more yeah because yeah, dana did know she knew yeah that's yeah. why she swooped in with her armed guards but for now right um dana was ordered to pay the archdiocese 3.47 million dollars in attorney's fees ouch and she had to pay katie 1.57 million dollars in attorney's fees ouch after this dana sadly ends up declaring bankruptcy yeah that's a lot so of money that's a lot of money it's a lot yeah let's hope that she's not awarded punitives huh well, sadly, oh. oh, okay. in December of 2017, <laughs> yeah. 
Katie and the archdiocese were awarded approximately $10 million in punitive damages. All right. So two-thirds of that would go to the archdiocese of LA, and one-third would go to Katie. Dana's attorney immediately says that her assets are only worth about $4 million, so she can't pay the fee in full. I just feel like she probably should have thought about that before she went toe-to-toe with the Vatican. With the Popey Pope? Who is, they're like the one of the richest, if not the richest, org still in existence to this day. The Vatican? They have to be the richest. They have their own freaking country. They have to really. be the richest. Their own just jurisdiction. Their own like region. And and so many more riches than we can even dream or know of. More than Jeff Bezos. they are hiding that stuff. And they've been hiding that shit for years. For years. (laughs) Illuminati. Okay. (laughs) All right. So March 2018, Dana's bankruptcy case goes forward. Both of the two remaining sisters show up to her proceedings to support her. Love that for them. That's cute. Unfortunately, just get ready for this, everybody. Sister Catherine Rose, who was at that point in time 89 years old, one of two of the only living sisters yet at that point, she collapses and dies during the court proceeding. In the court proceeding. Crazy. Allegedly, according to her BFF, Sister Rita, her final words were, Katy Perry, please stop. It could not be worse, frankly. From a PR standpoint, I would be like, I don't want to touch this shit with a 10-foot pole. I quit. I'm done. I quit. I don't even want the house anymore. It's fine. Absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. So a little about our dear sister, Catherine Rose. R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in peace. She took her vows at 18 years old. And after this, the archdiocese, despite all of these lawsuits for years, kicking her out when she was a sweet old little lady, particularly Archbishop Gomez, who, you know, he was newer to the club, so who knows, um, offers up prayers and speaks about how much she had done for the church. Great timing, guys. A little too late for that. Yeah, I feel like maybe you could have given her her flowers before she passed away. Before she dropped dead in the middle of court trying to defend this restaurateur. Okay. Um, And I need to take this little moment for a tangent, a little side note, because your girls love some fun facts. It's not even fun. It's like dark fun facts. Really not fun at all. So according to her BFF, Sister Rita, who is now the only sister left alive, the archdiocese was still menacing poor Sister Catherine Rose even after her death. Sister Rita claims that the priest who conducted Sister Catherine Rose's funeral wasn't even the one that she had requested. She also claimed that he never even let her say a word during the funeral. And when she insisted and got up to speak, he interrupted her multiple times. But our girl, Sister Rita, is a tough, she kept trying. She tough persisted. old cookie. Mm-hmm. So they're literally fighting back and forth for Sister Rita to say something. At one point, Sister Rita says that the priest gets fed up and goes to the organ player and has the organ player start playing the organ to basically drown out her voice. Sister Rita would later go on to claim that the archdiocese basically broke in to her BFF's living quarters and took her hard drive, which she claimed had very important correspondence from Rome. The archdiocese, you know, they're good people. After all, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. That's a real strong allegedly. That's a real strong allegedly. They claim that Sister Catherine Rose's family had a right to her belongings and that they were only acting on their behalf and had been coordinating with them every step of the way. So anything that they were rummaging through and keeping for themselves, allegedly or not, you know, they won't say that, but Sister Rita does, was on behalf of Sister, the other sister's uh, bath. That's, I'm done. Your turn. Well, so poor Sister Rita, the last one living, um, has basically said that Katy Perry has, in quote, blood on her hands. And, you know, sadly, she ends up going to start a GoFundMe in 2018 to help with her fight. She raised around $30,000 and speaks out and basically asks the Pope to get involved and help her. Sadly, we literally have not seen or heard anything about Sister Rita since 2018, so... If you're out there, we hope you're doing well. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We will. We will help. Yeah, we will seriously. Help Had I known about that GoFundMe, I might have donated. Yeah. But so as of August 2019, Katie was still unable to find a replacement for the prayer house, and her option to the purchase to to purchase the property basically expired. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the church was apparently still open to a deal, but seemingly nothing moved forward. So where do things stand now? All right. So the convent is back on the market. Anybody who's looking for a property, 
For the low price of $25 million, you could have a beautiful haunted chateau um, in L.A. proper. Um, unrelatedly, Sister Act 3 is getting a reboot, and people are joking that Katie should be the antagonist after all of this legal drama with the nuns. I don't disagree. Which I'm not beyond, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, we, this is our, I'm going to say, my, my, and this might bleed into my um, unsolicited advice, but how badly do you want to live in something for you and your grandma? If I was Katy Perry, actually, what I may have done is gone through with the sale and then let the nuns live there in peace until they all passed because they're they were all very old already they were all having financial issues let them live there you're so rich you made 500 and what'd you say 30 50 million 530 million throughout the 2010s you can run out a little studio in eagle rock while while (laughs) while the nuns live out their days at this beautiful chateau fair i mean i I definitely would not have i think once it became clear to me that the sisters were not on board and were so starkly in opposition i would have been like it's fine i'm done like i'm out this is like not a pr hit that i'm willing to take i don't want to fight a bunch of old women for a property that they've owned since a million years ago like this is just not it's not for me maybe katie i will say maybe katie's thinking you know they're judging me because i'm risque and i said i sold my soul to the devil but whatever like they're old people they think how they think <laughs> old people think weird yeah ways. just yeah. whatever like who cares i'll be a private benefactor if, I, if i'm so rich if i'm katie perry rich let these old women live out their days i yeah. mean one of them died in court for heaven's sake jesus oh wait i can't say that thou shall not say the lord's name in vain oh, my i goodness. apologize it's fine all right. Um, do you have any unsolicited advice? Or I is already that it? said it. Just don't, don't just kill don't old women in court. Yeah, probably. That's probably it. Please don't, y'all. Just, just don't. Yeah. There's other chateaus. Other chateaux. Ugh. Um, all right. Let's move into our Q and A. Hopefully, this is happier because I'm just sad. <laughs> okay. We were asked our Q and A for the day. What has been your favorite and least favorite legally judgy episode to date? You go first. Hmm. Well, least favorite is easy. Uh, GameStop. That still remains my least favorite one. Um, we've talked. I think we've talked about that before. But GameStop was what our s- third episode, third or fourth, the first five, somewhere. first five. I don't remember what number it was? Shout out to us having done so many episodes. We can't even remember which one that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that was a mess because we used to just FYI, everybody, we used to shoot two episodes back to back. That got very exhausting. I forgot about those days. That was a lot of prep for us. Um, We would shoot every other week. So we got one week off, but then the week you were on, it was terrible. So now we shoot weekly. Um, And that was a mess because it was so financial and we were trying to figure out an easy way to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it, I think I ended up crying. I was so frustrated. <laughs> you did. I did. I had tears. I was like, it's fine. You did. I just feel like oh I'm my God. failing. I felt like I was failing uh, legally judging. I can count on one hand the number of times I've seen you cry as a friend. You yeah. don't even that have was, enough it was toes to count my cries. <laughs> <laughs> That's my least. What's your least? We'll, uh, we'll do it that way. Probably the same one. I'm trying to think of one that was like harder. I think it, I think it was GameStop. I also like was not. You were not interested. In GameStop. I really didn't want to do GameStop, guys, because I thought like this is too technical. Yeah. It's very financy. There's not enough pop culture here. But you know, being the good business co-host <laughs> partner that I am, I was like, let's do it. She really wants this. To be fair, that was when we first started Legally Judgy. We thought we would do a mix of pop culture and current events, we which did. is why we even did Stupid. Josh Hawley Dumb. politics, right? Dumb. We're like, nah, yeah. we're too petty and lowbrow. Let's yeah. just stick with just go to the pop culture. salacious pop culture. Yeah, yeah. All right, favorite. Now you answer first. Uh, Definitely Patrizia Gucci. Still the Gucci's. I, she, it, fucking hilarious. There were just so many uncut gems in that episode <laughs> that like... There's literally nothing that makes me happier. That one was a fun one. What was your favorite? I mean, the bitch had literally like wrote in her journal, like in <laughs> Greek. I did not kill him, but if I did. Yeah, she was great. We she still haven't great. seen House of Gucci. No, I didn't hear great things, so I'm not interested. What? But we were so legally judging. Actually, we were talking about before this episode. We would love yeah. to hear from our judges that inventing Anna, the lady who plays Anna has a very odd accent and does not make sense to me. It does not sound Russian. It also does not sound German. Mm-hmm. Unsure what's happening. Similarly, I heard that Lady Gaga's accent in House of Gucci was very alarming Julie and Garner. that people did not love it. So, yeah, bad accents distract me. It's hard to focus. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Off the top of my head, without looking through our 
list of episodes uh gucci was definitely fun i feel like there's a couple others that we were just like really cracking up on my favorite episodes are ones where we're just like really flowing i think there was a couple other ones was it uh especially you know i will say my favorite episodes are ones where our producer who we lovingly refer to as producer marge leans in mm. because you know we got her mm-hmm. because we don't we do don't this in front of a, lo- a live audience yeah. right so we don't know how we're doing while we do this so if y'all want live shows let us know we can, um, we can producer marge we can yeah we can do it um but but those are always fun so yeah for now patricia she's a hoot i mean aside from murdering like the whole murder and plot to murder yeah that's not great that's not great great. that's deviled eggs not good okay that being said we got to move into our exclusive content for our patrons so people we have a lot of judges ever segments go just three dollars a month that's all it takes but also check out ten dollars a month because it's fantastic too or five whatever you got yeah join us because we have some fun stuff up ahead all right. That was actually very fun. We talked about Nelson Mandela, Monopoly, uh, chaos, and lighting things on fire. Yep. So if anyone wants to know what all of those have in common, go sign up for a Patreon and listen to our segment because yeah. it's amazing. Yep. And then when you're done doing that, go tell your friends about us. Please tell them. Tell Kanye. Tell Kanye. Tell Kim Kardashian. Tell, well, both sides. Tell Why not? all of your favorite celebrities in their comments Why how not? much you love Legally Judgy. Yeah. We'll have Kanye on the show. We'll also have Kim. Maybe we can have Kanye and Kim. That feels chaotic. And maybe we can that. broker. I don't know about that. We can we can have them come back together. Maybe. Gotta leave Skeet out of it, though. PDD's gotta wait outside. <laughs> His name is Skeet now. Thank you. <laughs> That's what Kanye calls him. <laughs> Do we know where that came from? Uh, Yeah, there's this it's inappropriate. Oh, you'll tell me later? Yep. Okay. Because certain lyrics from my childhood are coming. <laughs> oh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Well, John and the East Side Boys. Okay. Let's from the wrap windows this up. Yep. to the wall. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also, join us on our Patreon for more judgy shits and giggles. Until next time. Bye. Bye.